There was a news story a few weeks ago that caught my eye. It was about a new nonprofit, Scan Delaware Health. They believe that we needed to start testing 120,000 people a month every month in Delaware for COVID-19. And they were saying that back in late April, when the total number of all tests performed in the state was about 20,000. I saw a lot of familiar names in the article, heavy hitters like Helen Stimson from Delaware Bioscience and Ariel Gruswich from the Delaware Prosperity Partnership and Patrick Callahan from Compass Red. And at the lead of this ambitious project was none other than Victor Cushman. Wait, Victor who? My name is Victor Cushman. I'm not a good Delaware resident, although I've lived here my entire life. Victor, as it turns out, has most of the credentials you'd expect from a Delaware native. He went to AI DuPont and the University of Delaware. His dad worked for DuPont. But he lived a lot of his working life on the road, so he didn't have all the name recognition locally that others might have. And amid all the impressive things he did in his career, what's most interesting right now is a stint on a federal task force focused on, you guessed it, pandemic planning. Those of us who've been around in this, we have done the scenario work about all of these things that we see today about supply chains, about food contamination. You know, there is actually lots of people who have lots of experience. There are people who do this for a living, and they know where we are on a degree of what could happen. We talk a lot about how these are unprecedented times, and they are in terms of the shutdowns and the viral spread inside the United States. But new viral outbreaks? There's a whole lot of precedent there. You've heard of them. SARS, Ebola, HIV, bird flu, and Victor knows that history. So I was interested in hearing his take on what the other side looks like. People already feel like, oh, my life is destroyed and I want it to be normal. There is a new normal, but it's not going to be, you know, until we have a vaccine or until we have therapeutics or until we have kind of a series of things. Lots of people, you know, have hope that that will happen in 12 to 18 months. We'll have to see, but I don't think so. Yeah, so quick warning. Victor's take? It's not what you want to hear. I think we're in for a long period of 18 to 36, 48 months if you go to reality-based science. I think many of us have wired our brains to think of this as a 2020 problem. Uh, Surely there has to be a vaccine by the start of next year. But what if there's not? What if our current situation lasts two years, three years? An entire presidential term. How do we learn to cope with that new normal? Well, according to Victor, there's one way. The only way you'll know that you're safe with a virus that has an incubation period of three to seven days in which you don't show any symptoms. You appear totally healthy, but it's growing inside you. And oh, by the way, you're shedding it and you're making other people sick. The only way to know that you're not infecting others is to be tested regularly. But there's still a real problem with that based on where we are now. There aren't enough test kits. There aren't enough capabilities. We're going to need to test not everybody once in Delaware. Not, you know, there's about 970,000 people in Delaware. We're, we're kind of small. But uh, we're going to need to test everybody several times over the next six or 12 months. Everybody. Several times. I'll just do the mental math here and say, that's not going to be cheap. If the state doesn't step up to do this, it becomes a tax on Delaware businesses to go test their employees. And businesses can't buy in bulk. If you're a little restaurant and you only have 25 employees, which is a huge restaurant, right? You can't buy testing effectively like a hospital can or the state of Delaware can. So you have to test, you have to isolate the people when you can determine they're infected. And pretty much 
If you do that effectively, you don't need any of this shutting down the economy. You just need rapid response and people to say, yeah, I'm staying home for two weeks and somebody's going to help me and support me. And if, like many people in Newcastle County, I don't have the resources and I don't have telemedicine and I don't have a computer and I don't even know where I'm going to get my groceries, the community needs to come together and support these people. From Shortwater Production House here in Wilmington, Delaware, this is The Other Side, a podcast about how people are adapting and innovating and sometimes just surviving during this time of pandemic and isolation. I'm Matt Sullivan, and we'll be right back with more from Victor and Scan Delaware Health after this word about the food bank. So last year, in 2019, the food bank distributed more than 8 million pounds of food to families in need. That's incredible. This year, in one month after the pandemic started, they gave away 2 million pounds of food. That's math that's simple enough even for me. Those heroes on the front lines are working at triple speed, but they can't do it without you. Learn more about how you can help fight food insecurity right here in Delaware on the Food Bank's website at fbd.org. You can give your time, your money, your voice, they all matter. That's fbd.org. You can be a hero to someone in need. Now back to the show. So as is my habit with these interviews, I started by asking Victor to go back in time a bit to when he first knew things were going bad with COVID-19. And his life then, it sounded pretty good. He was semi-retired and spending a lot of time unplugged and on the eastern shore of Maryland. And then one day he fired up his iPad and... It was full of voicemail. A lot of the people that I had been working with back in 2003 had reached out to me. After that, he started catching up on the news fast. Now, I want to make it clear. Victor is not a doctor and he's not a scientist. He's now the founder and chief coordinator of Scan Delaware Health. But the bulk of his career was spent managing research and development projects at IBM. He's a systems guy. And from what he could tell in those early days, the systems were not working right. I started picking up the phone and talking with people. And it was kind of haunting. Something in the back of my head that said, is this SARS-CoV-1 or is there something else? And what was different was we really didn't have much knowledge it was clear to me that there wasn't a clear government response. So yeah, one of the folks who helped write the plans wasn't that confident anyone was actually reading the plans. That's not exactly news. But if our movies have taught us anything, it's this. It's not the White House that figures things out when a virus breaks or the aliens attack. It's the geeks inside the labs. They're the ones who come to save us. And Victor thinks they still might. But he also knows we don't live inside a movie. I think what people would love to believe is uh, science and innovation are going to conquer this and we're going to do that well. And we should hope for that and we should plan on that. But at the same time, people who are in this business know that that may not happen. You could be very sure of something and get to that last step and find out that it kills somebody and not just one or two people. And there's another issue. COVID-19 isn't just a killer. It's really hard to live with. This virus is horrible. If you're going to the hospital, it's not good. Quite honestly, you want to do everything you possibly can to never get that sick. I've spent time with people who've contracted the virus and recovered, and also two of my friends have passed. People feel like they can't breathe, like somebody is standing on their chest. It's just a horrible way to die. So amid all the backs and forths that science has taken since the pandemic began, this one seems to hold true. You're in far better shape if you're diagnosed early and seek treatment. And in this regard, 
It's both an advantage and a disadvantage to live inside this small wonder of a state of ours. Delaware is so unique. Not, not only are our people unique and our state is just awesome, we have all of these pharma research capabilities. We have a demographic that is incredibly representative of the entire United States, top to bottom, left to right. Delaware is this small little microcosm of the US. So studying it here and doing research here, it could be one of the most effective things because we're small. But we don't get any attention compared to New York and Maryland. There's always a but. Consider, for example, the humble cotton swab. They're a quarter, but the price of them right now is between a dollar and a dollar fifty. But if you're a private company and you need to go get 10,000 swabs, that supply chain goes back to China. And you're bidding against New York and California. And so unless you have some fantastic solution, we just don't get preference here in Delaware. We can't outbid. We can't outmoney other states. We can't jump the priority queue. So for certain things, we have to be self-supportive. Otherwise, we'll always be standing in line behind bigger states who get more money and more priority, who have bigger federal delegations, or who get more attention. I mean, let's face it, Andrew Cuomo has done a great job on the national news. And so, you know, they raise their hand and they get more. Thanks a lot, Andrew Cuomo. So things like swabs, it turns out, you know, you don't have to have all the swabs made at a plant in Chicago. It's great now that the federal government is turning on capacity in the U.S., but you can 3D print them. They don't cost a quarter, but we do have a lot of 3D printing resources here in, the, in Delaware. In fact, one of our former CEOs of DuPont runs the largest 3D medical printing company in the world. So we have resources that we can call on for help. Ideas like this are a big part of the reason Scan Delaware Health exists. The specifics of its mission, those might change. The first article I read talked a lot about antibodies and immunity passports, and Victor has since come to realize the science here really isn't that settled. But he does believe there are other things we can be doing to protect our workforce in Delaware, and he believes we have the resources to do it. If you assume that people are eventually going to go back to work in some form, and they are, we're starting a return to work now, although I would argue not as safely to our, our people as we could be, they will start to say, geez, I need to get testing to test my people at work so that they feel safe. So where do I get that capacity? So I think businesses will start to say, oh, how do I get that? And what should be a $50 test right now is $150 or $200. And so businesses will want to solve that problem for their employees. Employees will want that problem to be solved before they feel comfortable going back to work. We need centralized procurement and organization. And he knows what it looks like if that doesn't happen. If we don't, we're going to experience what happens with other pandemics, which is waves that go up and down. Sometimes they're very locally centered. Sometimes they're regionally centered. And these waves will go up and will be responsive. On the other hand, Victor believes if we're testing all the time, if we really know who is ill in our community, we can direct resources to the people who need it the most. The community needs to come together and support these people. If you don't have groceries, an organization here in the state of Delaware is going to help you and bring them to your door in a safe manner. If you don't have telemedicine, we're going to do like California does. and We're going to drop a bag at your door that has an iPad with a thermometer and all of the things you need with a hotspot. You're going to be able to connect and be monitored. So there's no risk to our healthcare personality and you get the support you need. Yeah, California for the win with those iPad bags. 
I guess it is useful to have Google and Apple as your neighbors. But there's other technology ready to come into play, too. There are electronic testing that's being developed. It's very COVID-specific. So if the virus mutates, it could become obsolete quickly. But electronic testing gear that we'll probably see go through validation in the next 90 days. There are testing through other methods, not only using olfactory receptors, but also using voice, auditory, and breath uh, coming out of Israel, the Wiseman Institute, and a couple other places. So on a worldwide basis, there's lots of technology. We don't have the ability here in Delaware to validate all of them, but I think those things will come in and fill around the gaps. Until then, Scan Delaware Health is working on two tracks, education and advocacy. Their website is releasing a free symptom tracker and helping connect people in need with places where they can be tested. Look, a lot of folks in Delaware can just raise their insurance card and go get tested, but there's a lot of people who can't. There's a lot of people who are having trouble surviving, who need food. And I've been there personally. You know, all of those people need to be able to go get tested because they have to go to work every day. So we need to protect those people first. And there's the advocacy. It sounds like the people at Scan Delaware Health are gearing themselves up to be a bit of a thorn in the side of any authority who says we're doing all we can. They push for more testing inside nursing homes. And even though the capacity for testing around the state has greatly improved since April, it's still nowhere near the rate Victor thinks we're going to need if COVID-19 becomes something we're facing for the long haul. He doesn't want that to be the case, but he thinks we need to prepare ourselves for it. And it's a different kind of thinking when you're focused on the marathon. I wake up every day and know that there's more that can be done. We weren't really ready for the Delaware Business Times article, so now we have our website, stan302.org. We have a legislative agenda. I'm urging people to raise their hand in an election year and say, our health and our jobs are important. Let's go look at both of them at the same time. You can learn more about Scan Delaware Health on its website, scan302.org. The Other Side is a project of Short Order Production House and hosted by me, Matt Sullivan. This episode was produced by Alexander Newman and sound mixed by Josh Johnson. If you want to hear more voices from The Other Side, you can hit subscribe wherever you hit subscribe. And hey, if you like the show, it would really help us if you could leave a review because my mom does not know how to do that. If you have any ideas for interviews, let us know at theothersideatshortorder.co. And remember, that is .co, not .com. Remember, too, the Food Bank of Delaware and all they're doing to help families in our community. You can find them at fbd.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the other side, whenever that may be.